successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to Grill Nation with Jason Grill on 980 AM KMBZ and on GrillNationShow.com. Appreciate you joining me today as always. Uh, it's been a great week. Summer's about to kick off. I hope you're having a... Great Memorial Day pre-week, I guess you would say. I uh, hope you're going to have a great weekend this weekend as well. Um, I want to thank our partners and supporters of Grill Nation. And by the way, our website is grillnationshow.com. You can find all of our supporters on that website. The title sponsors of the show are Trust, MoBank, BOK Financial, and Two West Advisors. Contributors to Grill Nation are The Rieger KC and Jay Rieger & Co. Ryan Maybe is a guest host and on-air contributor. Can't see Power and Light District and Reactor Design Studios and Clifton Alexander, who's also a guest host and on-air contributor. Uh, appreciate all of your support and uh, for making this show what it is today. You can connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. Okay, so on today's show, if you're listening via 980 AM podcast on iTunes or at GrillNationShow.com, we will be having on Kansas City City, Kansas City, Missouri City Councilman uh, for the third district, Councilman Quinton Lucas. I ran into uh, Councilman Lucas last week, and we've had him on the show before, uh, only for two segments that day where we talked more about his background. Today, uh, there's a lot of issues going on in Kansas City right now uh, that are getting a lot of media exposure, whether that's in the Business Journal and the Star on television and whatnot, and uh, a lot of things are happening in the city, and I thought it'd be good to have uh, Councilman Quentin Lucas on today to talk about some of those things and kind of give us his take of what's going on over at uh, City Council and, uh, you know, with, with different uh, different things happening, such as the airport discussion, uh, streetcar, uh, hotels, development, uh, you name it. There's all kinds of things happening here in Kansas City. So let's bring on the Councilman now. How are you, uh, Councilman Lucas? I'm doing well. Good to talk to you, Jason. Good to talk to you. You're a busy man these days, aren't you? You know, the last week it just got a good deal busier than I would have thought. I thought it was going to go easy into Memorial Day weekend, but it's been everything the opposite. Okay, so Quinn, you are a uh, city councilman for part of your life. The other part is a uh, you're an attorney by trade, but you're a, yeah. uh, a professor or lecturer at of law at the University of Kansas in Lawrence. Yes, I am. I've uh, been teaching law for about uh, God, five or six years now. It's probably one of the most enjoyable things I get to do. And then I feel like when I'm back in Kansas City government, I get to use my legal hat and look at all types of contracts and everything else. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's a good time. It's a booming time in Kansas City. But what that means is we have a lot of uh, due diligence to conduct. And I'm, I'm glad to be a part of that now for the people of Kansas City. So now are you, uh, have you hung up your hat for the uh, semester now at KU? 
If I were a smarter man, I would have, but someone <laughs> hasn't graded his exams yet. So uh, I think, you know, that story, Jason, I, I need to carve out about 10 or 15 free hours where I can actually just take a chance and look at some papers. And, uh, uh, and I need to do that by Friday. And, so. ex- <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we all know law school exams aren't like your typical finals. They are a three to four hour type sit downs with uh, many pages of, of writing and complicated uh, text. So hopefully you'll get that done. Yeah, there are a lot of work. I uh, I know there are also two airport committee meetings on evenings this week, so it doesn't get any easier, but my students deserve it, constituents deserve it, so I'll figure out a way to get it all done uh, this week. And it actually is going to be kind of a peaceful uh, enterprise. I, I bet, think. right? You just, yeah. just pull yourself away from the public for a few minutes. Uh, Quentin up. Lucas is our guest today. Uh, Quentin, you are on Twitter at QuintinLucasKC. Um, okay, so Quentin, take us through kind of for those that don't know, and we'll get into some of the issues here in the next segment, but kind yeah. of what this, what the city council looks like, uh, what, what the commitment is for city council people. Is it a part-time or full-time gig? For, I mean, does it, do people treat it like that? Do they not? Uh, kind of take us into city hall because I think a lot of people, uh, at least that live in the Kansas City area or in Kansas City, Missouri, really don't mm-hmm. understand. They just think, you know, the mayor is, is just, you know, waves his magic wand and then we have a, uh, we have a new hotel or a new streetcar. It's 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 a it's a it's a full body with all equal votes, correct? You know it is. So there are uh, thirteen members on the council, including the mayor. Uh, and I think the reason that it's important, even to your listeners outside of Kansas City, Missouri, which may well be most of them, is that a lot of the assets for the region sit in Kansas City, Missouri, right? Downtown, mm-hmm. streetcar, certainly the Kansas City International Airport, stadiums, stadiums etc. So uh, you know that's why we. I think are in the news so much. It's not just because we're trying to annoy everybody else. And trust me, some weeks we'd we'd appreciate someone else, uh, you know, doing <laughs> something. So, well, I can tell you this, just from someone who's worked in uh, public affairs and goes to city council hearings uh, throughout the metro, Overland Park, uh, you know, Leewood, Kansas City, Missouri. Sometimes, you know, they're all they're all you're, you guys are all dealing and females with a lot of the same issues. Uh, I think a lot of people in Kansas City are kind of they don't they're kind of resistant to any change in their neighborhood, and yeah. so you know when you have these great projects that come in or these these business leaders who want to do certain things, sometimes there's some pushback. But I think at the end of the day, you know, through the, the sausage making process, I think some of that stuff gets figured out. People are able to voice their opposition or support, obviously, at these public hearings. And I know there's a lot of them taking place in Kansas City right now, and a whole host of issues. We had a bunch with the geo uh, with the go bond issue, mm-hmm. um, geo geo bonds um, last election cycle, and that turned out uh, pretty positive. I guess everything passed in that election. If you were a supporter, right? Yeah, literally everything passed. And so, what I think we saw wasn't just that folks see it's time for us to invest in infrastructure, the east side, et cetera. Instead, you know, the public's positive. Uh, there's often a fear in government that, you know, everybody thinks we're wasting money, that we're not responsible. And I think we saw during that referendum an opportunity for the uh, citizens of Kansas City to say, you know what, we like progress, we like what's going on, and we want to see the city continue to grow and, and get stronger. Mm-hmm. Quinn, what do you say to those naysayers out there that um, are frustrated about the earnings tax? They think they're overtaxed on a local level. Um you know, they, they, they've they considered moving to Kansas where they have no income tax right now currently if you're an LLC. Yep. Um, you know, what do you, how do you I convince mean, them that, that Kansas City is not being taxed uh, too much, the city of Kansas City, Missouri? 
you know, I, I think I say very simply, uh, where do you want to be? Kansas City, Missouri right now is far more dynamic than it has been at any point, I think, over recent decades, perhaps even recent generations. And uh, part of that is the fact that we have to pay the freight for it. We have to pay for Power and Light District. We have to pay for its Sprint Center. You know, there are real costs to being in a growing city. And so, you know, what I would ask them is drive to the lowest tax burden place you can, right, in a city, in a state somewhere that doesn't have any of these costs. And I don't think you're looking at a place that's quite as exciting or that's quite as dynamic. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, you know, what my answer is to that. I think the places with the best diversity in our country uh, with growing businesses, and by that I mean growing businesses that we really want, right? We see the tech industry invested heavily in, in Northern California, for example. Not a cheap place to be, not a place that's free of tax burdens, but a place where the economy continues to thrive. We see Washington State, the Seattle area, as another area of growth, particularly in the new economy with Amazon, et cetera. Yeah. And so that's what I think is the answer which is that, you know, who do we want our peers to be? Do we want our peers to be Tulsa, Oklahoma, for example? I mean, no disrespect to that fine municipality. Or do we want our peer to be Seattle, Washington? And uh, I think that uh, goes a long way to answering some of the tax burden issues. Very true. Quentin Lucas is joining us today on the show. He's a third district city councilman in Kansas City, Missouri. Whole lot of stuff to talk about. I want to kind of break into that a little bit more. And then in the next segment, we'll we'll start the debate about uh, this new plan for the KCI International Airport uh, of my old stopping grounds up in Platt County. You're listening to Grill Nation. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Grill Nation with Jason Grill, 980 AM, KMBZ, and on GrillNationShow.com. Please connect with me on Twitter, on Facebook, on Snapchat, on Instagram, at Jason Grill, or find me at Grill Nation Show. I'm on all those avenues, enjoying a great week here in the beautiful Kansas City, Missouri. Hope you guys have a lot of things planned in the upcoming holiday weekend and whatever you're doing here this summer. We're talking to Councilman Quentin Lucas from Kansas City, Missouri. He's a third district. Uh, Quentin, give us a little heads up of what areas that represents. So the third district is the area east of Truist, uh, a little south of Independence Avenue for much of it. Takes you all the way to the edge of the city, includes the stadiums, and then in essence is Brush Creek and points north. So that is uh, the area. I'm elected at large, though, so I represent all of Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And uh, that makes it even more fun sometimes because I get to go to community meetings from South 155th Street to, you know, the airport and all points in between. So your email box is a little more full than some of the in-districts <laughs> people. Is that what you're saying? You know, I, I would think so. Now, granted, a lot of them are very good council people and that sort of thing, but... I'm having a lot of fun right now with a, with a fairly <laughs> fully mailbox. And on that, on that note, uh, when you think about it, you were talking about tax burdens. Uh, Kansas City is one of the most uh, sprawled out cities in the country. And that, to me, sometimes I think that's a negative, uh, obviously, for uh, for all the infrastructure needs you have and, and people's tax burden. Um, you know, unfortunately, that's what we have. You know, it's you can fit five or six pretty large municipalities and cities from around the world inside our city limits. Yeah, you know, and I think there is this kind of cost of being as large as we are. That's why a lot of our work the last few years, certainly during Mayor James's administration, 
has been how do we build density in Kansas City? How do we build more development? How do we actually make it so we can afford the uh, extensive infrastructure we have? Mm-hmm. And also, hopefully, get some more people to move here at some point, right? I mean, yeah, we, want to, we want to grow. Absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. We, we want more people in Kansas City. One of my goals when I was running for council was let's get our population in Kansas City proper up to 600,000. Let's try to keep the metro area growing, and then we'll have real kind of a real dynamic place with uh, diversity to move. Yeah, and I think that's happening. I think most counties, I think, are growing uh, in the region, some faster than others, but uh, we are seeing some growth. Speaking of which, uh, an airport discussion we're going to have in the next probably might take us a couple segments, but um, that is really heated up here with some new news. Uh, as you know, the the kind of it stalled for a year, and I've always been a proponent as someone who grew up in the Northland. I mean, I I get in my car. I remember at college, and you know, it'd take me five minutes to get to the airport. I'd get checked in in about fifteen to twenty. I mean, it, it was so convenient because if you live in the Northland, it's just it's so close to you. Um, but there's people that live all over the place and. There's all kinds of different issues. There's people on each side of this debate, but at some point, like we've said on past shows, you have to you have to do something about it because it is getting old. It has security issues. Uh, it doesn't have the amenities that some people want. It doesn't even you know even for instance, just sitting at your gate. I mean, it's you know I went to Minnesota a few weeks ago or months ago, and their airport had, I mean, charging stations in every seat, which is seems like something that can be easily fixed. Uh, but there's all different types of things happening. But this last week, a proposal came to the table. Uh, take us through that and exactly what it is, because I think it's kind of changed the whole narrative on the KCI debate. You know, so I think a few months ago, Burns McDonald uh, did a little bit of work. They took the charge from the mayor, which was to come up with a business community solution to the KCI issue. Which I, I, think, I think people can get behind that are more leaning, maybe more on the conservative side of things. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think the thing about that deal was that they said they'll try to arrange the private financing as opposed to us floating airport bonds to do it. Mm-hmm. The idea there being that, uh, you know, if you could have the private financing scheme, you're actually not um, asking the public to um, introduce the airport revenue bond question. And so the hope is that that at least is one of the reasons for opposition for a number of people in Kansas City and that we've answered that question for them uh, and you can get a new airport out of it. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, kind of where we are. The I guess the bigger point is this allows us to obtain a new airport, uh, but it allows us to obtain a new airport while also coming up with a responsible funding scheme. The response by some is, well, from from the beginning, it was never going to be a cost on the Kansas City, Missouri General Fund or for your run-of-mill taxpayer. And so does it change anything? And that's really, I think, what council is trying to discuss right now. I think you've seen a lot of people, and indeed a consensus, built around this idea that, look, we need, we need serious improvement at KCI. Uh, patchwork probably isn't a good idea. The question now, I think, post the Burns and Mack plan and others, is uh, how do we get that improvement? And, uh, you know, what's the right way? What's the most value? What's the best value proposition for us? Mm-hmm. And that's what we're working on now. Yeah, when I saw it, uh, when I saw the news, I was pretty floored and excited about it because to me, it's, it, you know, when, when the, the old plan was in place that, you know, we were going to all uh, vote on it and be a city obligation, um, you know, at the time, technically, there wasn't even a vote needed because there was going to be no taxes raised. Uh, I know that you guys passed a uh, ordinance that said no matter what happened to the airport, there would need a public vote. But mm-hmm. under, under most circumstances, I don't even think you would need one. Um, 
but you made a commitment to the public and whatnot. Under the same plan, if this Burns and McDonald uh, deal goes through, you're still going to have a public vote. Is that right? Yeah, the plan is still to have a public vote. We still want to make sure that we have people answer the question as to whether they think a new airport is necessary. And I think this is uh, going a long way into, um, I think, making that conversation one that's a little easier to wrap one's head around. Where it was hard for us to say, hey, public, uh, let us build a new airport and then vote on it, but it won't cost you anything. Whereas now I think uh, there's this opportunity to recast the conversation in a different way. Mm-hmm. All that being said, certainly still want to hear from members of the public that um, no matter what their view is on the issue, and we're going to create an opportunity for that as time goes on. Yeah, I think there's a ton of public meetings going on, right, or starting yeah. soon. We've got two uh, this week. We're going to have more when we get back from the Memorial Day uh, recess. And so, you know, this is something where the public gets to have a role. They can certainly email me and my council colleagues, and I know we'll be a big part of that. Mm-hmm. So, here, you know, we're unique, man. I mean, most other cities, when an airport, when an airline says, I want to expand and we're going to build a brand-new terminal, uh, most cities are like, sign me up, because they hate their they, – they're sick of – all of the nonsense that goes on at the airport. We're kind of the opposite, which is an anomaly. I, I've no, I don't know of any other city that's, maybe there are some that have had the same issues. Um, but now I just feel like it should be much easier once you do the due diligence to really sell this. And I think we don't talk enough about all of the potentially new direct flights and whatnot getting in and out of here that we might have if we have a new terminal. And that and that's something that matters to people in, in our age group, Quentin, and other people that travel a lot, business folks, startup people, people that run a company, people that want to have more options and are willing maybe to spend a little bit more money to have a direct flight somewhere instead of having a non or a couple layovers and whatnot. Yeah. You know, I think it's the business case for this is one that uh, I think has been made clear, but one that we need to continue to talk about, which is the only way for the future of KCI to to really be a a positive one that has growth, but has more flights. That's an economic driver for our economy is for us to really take a serious look at the uh, modernization uh, plan. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that we're not going to give it a serious look. I know there are a lot of people out there that say, well, this all seems a little fast. Um, we're making sure that we're, we're conducting our due diligence, but at the same time, you know, it's important to recognize that we can't have the same airport of, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago and continue to try to expand our service in the future. I think when people see the, um, when it's completed, if it does get passed and, and move forward, I think once you walk in there, you're going to have that, that same feeling I think people have when they, when they saw Sprint Center. I mean, at the time it was, and it still is, I mean, one of the better arenas in the, in the world and even the United States, but I think, when you go to a new modern airport, I mean, we, I've traveled to you know cities that have pretty modern airports. Austin, um, you know, there's just I mean, all, everywhere you go, you know, Dallas Love Field, you're just like, okay, this is this is another level from what we have, mm-hmm. even though it's in a smaller city, kind of a, a second tier city like Kansas City, size wise. And it feel it feels like to me that when people actually see it and when it's actually built, or if they look at the the, the designs, they're going to be pretty excited about it. And when they find out, they don't have to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's exactly right, where we're really just trying to make sure folks can tell that um, look, this is going to be a responsible investment. It's also one that isn't just really an airport. It's also one that helps to build the future of uh, Kansas City. So, you know, I, I think while there will be a lot of questions, 
Uh, it's important for us to continue to inform folks that this will still be an airport that's convenient. It will still be an airport that is for Kansas Cityans, but at the same time, it's one that uh, has a broader business case well into the future. It's the first thing people say see when they come in and out of our city and uh, makes an impression. When you travel and you go to an airport, Obviously, that's the first thing you see of that city, so it definitely uh, affects you. Quentin Lucas is our guest today on Grill Nation, uh, City Councilman, 3rd District, KCMO. Um, okay, so you did something last week with regards to due diligence on this matter, um, hiring outside legal counsel. Tell us about that. Yeah, you know, I think an important part of this conversation, and frankly, I think a mistake that we had made up to this point, was that, you know, we were telling everybody this is a good idea, that uh, it works well, but... You know, we hadn't actually sought outside legal advice to, I think, give a second opinion um, about how good the deal was. And so what I thought and what a number of my colleagues thought yes, uh, last week was that it was important for us to get outside legal counsel, not just great lawyers here in Kansas City, which I think we were able to hire, but also a national law firm uh, by the name of Wilmer Hale that uh, has offices in Washington, Denver, Boston, New York, uh, that will be staffing this to give us an outside objective. We've directed them to hire uh, financial experts just to make sure this is the best deal possible. Because mm-hmm. I understand there are a lot of people that ask the question, well, why didn't you use the competitive bidding process? Or why didn't you actually, you know, look into, uh, is this the best deal out there? And, you know, this, this was a deal that was brought to us, and we appreciate Burns and Mac for doing it. Mm-hmm. But I think important to us is to make sure that, you know, we've looked at everything that's important in, this, uh, in the deal, and uh, that's what we're doing with our outside lawyers now. Councilman Quinton Lucas is with us today, uh, 9.80 a.m. KBZ. You can follow him on Twitter at Quinton and Lucas KC. We'll be right back after the break. More on this, and we'll get into some other topics that are important to the region and to Kansas City, Missouri. You're listening to Grill Nation. Thanks for joining us. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. Welcome back to the show, Grill Nation with Jason Grill, 980 AM KMBZ. Really excited to have you with you with us today and uh, just really appreciate you joining us each and every week. It's great to see people on the streets uh, in Kansas City who listen and uh, share the love of the radio show. We try to bring you great guests each and every week, whether you're listening via grillnationshow.com or via podcast at iTunes or Stitcher Radio. We're talking today to Councilman Quentin Lucas, who represents the third district. He's an at-large city councilman, so he he is uh, deals with people and, and problems and finds solutions for the entire metro area, or excuse me, entire Kansas City, Missouri uh, region and area. And uh, just a really good guy. He's uh, very thoughtful in his uh, his work, and we'd love to have him having him on the show. Uh, Quentin, welcome back. Uh, okay, so anything else we need to touch on on the airport? I know we've talked about potentially uh, the due diligence section. You guys are going to have public meetings. Uh, what was that atmosphere like in city council when uh, you guys all heard about the Burns and Mac plan? I mean, was it was it uh, were you guys just stunned that a company would take on this much care so much about the airport to move forward on this? Because to me, I was I was kind of like, wow. I mean, I was kind of blown away that a that a company. Uh, would step up to the plate, a business would step up to the plate. And we hear all the time, what about private par- public partnerships? Let's let the business community step up to the plate. So irregardless of uh, what you think about it, I mean, I was pretty pretty stunned that that happened. 
Yeah, you know, I think we were all uh, greatly impressed by the fact that uh, Burns McDonald was going to take on this responsibility. I think some of us were uh, surprised. We all heard about it at different times, and you know that can cause some uh, drama in a political body <laughs> when one hears before someone else does. Sure. But I also thought that, um, you know, we all said, boy, this is going to be an interesting responsibility uh, for all of us because, you know, to kind of tweak something you said before, you know, we don't just represent the interests of Kansas City, Missouri. I think because the airport for Kansas and Missouri uh, kind of sits in, in our city that we see ourselves as, uh, as stewards for the interest of the entire flying public in our region and in this part of the Midwest. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we're making sure that we're doing the right thing. And there's a lot of pressure to that. But at the same time, I think there's, it's a heck of an opportunity. And that's uh, most importantly what I think we're trying to do right now. So in terms of what else, you know, we have to do, I think we're going to make sure we have a pretty good contract that protects the interests of the city and the public, uh, not just now, but for the 30 to 35 years envisioned in the kind of lease term related to this project. Um, I think you're going to also see us make sure that as we talk about design, uh, that we are incorporating principles of convenience that are important to the people of Kansas City and beyond. And, you know, more than that, I think, um, you know, we want to just make sure that everybody can look at this and say this is the best deal, this is the right deal, and that uh, everybody spent their time talking about it and looking at it. Mm-hmm. All, all important points to be made there. It's very cool. Uh, Quentin Lucas, okay, so... Let's move on. Uh, we could talk about the airport for the whole show. We have uh, about a segment and a half left. What else is going on? So uh, I know the mayor talks about his priorities when he was doing the airport uh, media blitz was streetcar. And I know that uh, this week was the final week to put in, uh, sign up for a ballot for the extension. Uh, there's a lot of layers to this process, but it looks to me as if uh, that is starting to move forward. You know, it does, and uh, today is the last day to request a ballot. We're going to have that election soon. Uh, and, you know, it's funny. Sometimes the darndest things happen to you along the way. There was a, a nice lady who was yelling at me the other day who lives in the TDD area, so gets to vote. And she said, uh, you know, hey, you're you're not giving me a right to vote, and this is just terrible and everything else. I said, but you actually have a right to vote. That's what I would suggest to anyone who actually lives within those boundaries. Get out there, make sure your your interest uh, is heard. And then for those who live outside the boundaries, either in Kansas City, Missouri, or beyond, I think this is just an important first step in our infrastructure network and our transportation network. You know, I don't expect this to be the last part of our public uh, transportation conversation. And so I think both as we talk about how we link buses, how we link trails, walkability, transit-oriented development. This is, you know, just another important part of, of the future of Kansas City and the region. And mm-hmm. so uh, while our conversation today is about streetcar, the real conversation is how do we make Kansas City competitive in the 21st century? How do we keep up with, gosh, even St. Louis has a fairly well-developed bike rail system. And so I want to make sure that we continue to push towards that and have a citywide, metro-wide conversation about what the future of rail can be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I actually did go through the process to get a ballot, Quinn. So. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done. You're a, you know, you're I did it. And I live off the streetcar line. And I can tell you this. Uh, it is always, you know, pretty crowded, uh, even even during the week. I mean, with all the stuff happening at night during the week. Also on the weekends, obviously, it's packed. Uh, more so now that the the winter is over, but I mean, it, it has to be seen as a success. I would think, I mean, it's free to the public first and you know, it's pretty much always being utilized. And I know when tourists come to Kansas city, they 
often rave about the fact that uh, Kansas City is a great place to visit, and they love they love being downtown and taking the streetcar. So I, I I think a year later, I mean, we have to look at it so far as a positive. So imagine if that continues on to the plaza to UMKC with all the other businesses and all the things that could happen on that line over time with development of Midtown and, uh, you know, connecting people to the plaza. It'd be pretty mm-hmm. awesome, pretty awesome to see. And I hope that, uh, I, you know, I, I'm all for uh, transportation improvements in our city. So I hope that it, I hope that it moves forward and I hope that the, uh, the naysayers don't, um, don't stifle it. We'll see though. Hopefully it'll pass in my you opinion. Know, well, go ahead. I mean, I was just going to say that, uh, yeah, I, I think in terms of, and I get people's um, very um, well-reasoned opinions in terms of being for or against, but, uh, you know, I, I think what anyone should recognize right now is that Kansas City is trying to progress. And so the challenge I, I would give to anyone who's out there to say, oh, this all sounds terrible, is, okay, but, you know, how do we make the city better? So what's the different idea? Um, you know, I, I just want to make sure, because too often in Kansas City, we can kind of say, all right, now that thing scares us, and then we sit back and we don't do anything for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not the time for that. And even when I have a disagreement with, say, the mayor or anybody else, you know, I try to say, well, what's the substitute? And so as we think about the airport, as we think about streetcars, we think about, you know, a lot of the other things going on. You know, what's a good substitute? What's a better way to do it? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I helped to reform a lot about tax abatements and tax incentives because I think there was a fair argument that we were taking too much from public schools and others. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think uh, we should at least have some role in, you know, saying, all right, well, we're trying to move our city forward. So if this idea is a little too crazy for you, then what's the next best? One? How can we link the plaza with downtown in a way that we haven't done in 50 years? You know, how do we get an airport that's important and modern for the future? And so that's, you know, what uh, I'm trying to do each day. And I think that's what all of us at city council are trying to do each day, even where we have very significant differences about the best way to get things done. Mm-hmm. Quinn Lucas is our guest today. And I, I echo that statement because one thing I'm proud of, of the uh, mayor's uh, tenure and uh, where Kansas City is right now compared to it was, you know, five to seven years ago, or maybe more, uh, is the fact that we're trying to do a lot of different things at once, which we have to do in order to stay relevant, I think, and grow our city and offer amenities to our residents and to the future residents that people want. And if we just we just say, okay, we're going to attack the airport right now, we're going to attack, I mean, you have to continually be in the process. I mean, you guys should be in the process right now, and I'm sure you are, of, okay, we got the airport debates moving forward. What's what are we going to do to help Kansas City after that's all through? You know, and that's the thing that I like about what's going on right now. It's not just okay, we're going to get this shiny new arena and it's going to change our city. No, it's we're doing all kinds of things. We're working with people in all kinds of areas to try to grow the city and and, and make it more livable and and, and more people uh, will enjoy it. And I think you got to do that. I mean, that's what other cities do, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's that's exactly what we're trying to say right now, which is that no matter where we are, we're, we're moving Kansas City ahead. And that doesn't mean that we're ignoring neighborhoods. It doesn't mean that we're ignoring very serious issues like violent crime. You know, I think all of those things are not only important, but essential to the future of Kansas City. Um, it, it just so happens that sometimes people want to talk to us about airports more. But I think anybody in Kansas City can say that the reason we're doing all of this is so that we can have a city that has a tax base to address some of our very real concerns as a tax base that can help support affordable housing, 
you know, has people that can find employment. I, I think there's, you know, a lot and the positives we do really helping this city out long term. Quinn Lucas, quickly talk to us about, we got two minutes left in this segment. We'll have you back on for one more. Talk to us about uh, what's going on with the abatement type deal that you talked about that you put in some reforms. Is that, has that hurt development? Has it helped it? Is it, is it curbed abuse? What's going on with that? You know, I think at the very beginning, there were a lot of people that were trying to say that we've destroyed all development and that Kansas City will collapse tomorrow. I think the exact opposite's been true. We've Was seen... I one of those guys? I might have been. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you might have been. You know, I think since that point and, and since, you know, a little bit of the hyperbole uh, subsided, we've seen, um, you know, frankly, a good deal of development. I continue to see tax abatement, other tax incentive deals happening in the crossroads downtown importantly on the east side of Kansas City, on truce, both on the west side and east side of the street. We have a tax abatement request coming in from your native north line. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think we've continued to see business going, and I think what you saw there was that council took on the opportunity to try to answer an important public policy question. It wasn't so much that we needed to destroy economic development, it was that we needed to acknowledge the very real concern that I think some of our taxing jurisdictions, school districts, public libraries, and others said, which is that we want to make sure we're benefiting from the economic development story from day one. Mm-hmm. And I think it's fair to say that they, you know, that we now have constructed a way that they have and that they can continue to, and I think we're seeing economic development rolling again. So, you know, I, I have absolutely no, um, you know, concerns with what we've done. I think we've seen good progress. We've seen people coming to the table to negotiate more extensively with neighborhood groups and others. And we're seeing that Kansas City and economic development, you know, we don't have a close for business sign on the door, which, you know, I think is key. Mm-hmm. Definitely is. Uh, Quentin Lucas has been our guest. We're going to have him back on for one more segment. KCMO City Councilman, 3rd District at large. His Twitter handle is at Quentin Lucas KC. He's also uh, available if you search him got a great bio on kcmo.gov thanks for joining us we'll be right back after the break with our final segment Welcome back to Grill Nation with Jason Grill. Been very lucky to have on Councilman Quentin Lucas for the full hour today. Uh, we don't usually have guests on for the full hour, but you know what? He was uh, he was so had so much to talk about, and if there's so many things happening in Kansas City, we figured why not? He's a busy man, but we appreciate him joining us again for the final segment here on 980 AM KMBZ on GrillNationShow.com and on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Councilman Quentin Lucas, let's get into some of these other issues. We we touched upon development a little bit at the end of the last segment. Uh, Casey Convention Hotel. Every time I see something in the news about this, I, I, I it's like another direction. Uh, that yeah. is, again, every 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 issue these days, there's there's a group of people that are against it and have no solution, but they're always against it. So that's why these issues come to the forefront. Uh, where do we stand with that? I mean, I keep thinking it's going to happen, but. People keep telling me it's not. So, I mean, what, what, what's going on right now? You know, from what I know, it's, um, it's still happening. Uh, that's, that's the plan. You know, these groups continue with their petition efforts, among other things. And, you know, that's, that's their right. And so I'll just, 
you know, say that. But at the same time, you know, I think that project is one that with the ball started rolling two years ago, the group continues to work on its financing. And uh, I'd like to kind of move on to other issues. Yeah, right. Let's uh, you know, get this. kind of the retrospective, let's continue to litigate already decided issues. Um, isn't something that I think is either good for, you know, kind of public advocacy for the future of Kansas City. So Mm -hmm. um, right now the group continues, the hotel group continues to try to obtain final financing. I know they were meeting with the city manager yesterday, um, and I think that effort continues. So I'm just going to cast a number of votes on that one, and uh, I I guess (laughs) I'll have to continue to do so well into the future, but... uh, I think that deal is, is going to be a, it, it's a done one. Uh, I'm looking forward to a strong hotel opening in downtown Kansas City and bringing more conventions and that, and that's where we'll go from there. Yeah, and there are a lot of other hotels opening up as well, it seems like, and downtown are being built right now around the streetcar, uh, which is exciting. And you see uh, more and more multifamily going up, uh, whether that's on the plaza or downtown and, and kind of that area, which is really cool. We had on... Um, John Hoffman from UCB Properties two weeks ago talking about all the stuff he's doing on the east side as well with neighborhoods and developing Troost and East Brookside, uh, connecting basically the city, uh, central city more to the east side, which you briefly touched upon, which is kind of exciting as well. Yeah, you know, I think one thing that's been positive about um, about basically development lately is that we have actually, and finally in Kansas City, been able to see the success of, you know, some of our development pushing towards the east. John Hoffman, somebody who's invested in a lot of that. Um, but I think, you know, something that we have to continue to do is to make sure that as we're talking development, part and parcel of that conversation is how we help all of Kansas City. Mm-hmm. How do we help ensure that, right, we're encouraging development and population retention in each east Kansas City? And then, frankly, in older parts of Kansas City, far south Kansas City and Kansas City's Northland, particularly in southern Clay County. Mm-hmm. Uh, continue to have some aging neighborhoods, and I think it's important for us to make sure we're directing businesses and investment there as well. So, you know, that, that's all part of, of what I think uh, is important for us going into the future and something that I'm going to be working on. Quinn Lucas, one of the topics that people talk about a lot in Kansas City and throughout the country is crime. And I know that a lot of people don't believe that the city's doing anything and the mayor's not doing anything and the council's not doing anything, but there's so many different things happening uh, with regards to fighting crime and, and, and educating folks better in our area. And uh, you see a day to day stuff's happening. There are people the, the working with law enforcement stuff is is trying to fix these problems in Kansas City. And obviously it's happening not just in Kansas City, but throughout the Midwest and throughout the nation. You know, our police department, uh, I've got to do a ride-along a few weeks ago on East Patrol, which is, uh, you know, an area with some heavy crime, and uh, it was it was something. You know, the amount of work they're doing and the number of calls uh, that come in, the volume, and the fact that, you know, when an officer signs into a shift, he's basically playing catch-up for an entirety of the night, and then not to mention there are a number of different issues that happen along the way. Uh, you know, it, it's hard. It's hard work. I think uh, we really need to take a, a serious look at how we're deploying our officers, how we actually are leveraging our resources, and if it's in the right way right now. 
Uh, you know, there are many who say we don't need more officers, and maybe they're right. I don't really know. But what I think we do need is more officers in the patrol division. We need more people out on the streets uh, to make sure that uh, we can protect Kansas Cityans. That's that's why we pay our taxes each day. That's why we pay those high taxes that some <laughs> were complaining about earlier. Right. And so, um, you know, I think that's going to be uh, an important issue for this council to address and for our next council next mayor to address. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. Education. Uh, I know you guys don't actually have uh, authority to to change a lot of things. I know the school district has a lot, but KCMO, we're seeing a lot of parents really get fired up about Kansas City, Missouri school district, and more people want to stay in the area when they have a family because they want to they want to they want to improve the schools. They 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 they, they want to be part of the solution, not the problem. Um, stuff's happening all the time uh, to fix Kansas City, Missouri school district, or not to fix it, but to make it better. Yeah, you know, I think Dr. Mark Bedell, our new superintendent, has done an astounding job so far in uh, basically making sure the administrative house is in order, uh, but also really, kind of like the mayor's done for Kansas City, making sure there's an energetic spirit around the Kansas City School District, mm-hmm. that there's excitement around the Kansas City, Missouri School District, or, or Kansas City Public Schools, I should say. And that's uh, as much as anything what we need. You know, so much of the narrative surrounding our public schools has been a negative one for the last 30 years, and a lot of that's been deserved. Uh, but I think now what we're seeing is people are saying, all right, let's give it another chance. Let's, you know, try to address things in the best way possible. And, you know, I think... Dr. Bedell is working hard to do that, so I'm, I'm proud to be a supporter. I'm, I'm all in on, on what I think the community can do to help the public schools, and, and I think that's something that over the next 10, 15, 20 years, we're really going to see turnaround mm-hmm. in Kansas City. I, I hope so. Uh, I think that would just just be a game changer, another game changer for the far region and for Kansas City, Missouri, and for the future of our city and growth. Uh, Quentin Lucas has been my guest. Two minutes left, Quentin. Uh, we're seeing people start announce for mayor. I mean, it's already campaign season at city council. It looks like, huh? <laughs> you know, yeah. And 2019. I think, I think it's early. Everybody gets to have their own role, but uh, you know, for me, I, I think it, it's still time to legislate and spend our time talking about legislation and, and that sort of work. But you know, politics well, Jason. It's kind of like campaigns never stop. So no, we're just part of that cycle. Yeah. Right. Uh, totally. Uh, so let's just let our listeners know the next mayoral election is in 2019. We sit here in 2017. That election is usually in the in the springtime. Is that right? Yeah, for mayor's races, April primary and then a June general election. Okay, so April is the primary, June is the general. We're hoping to have much better turnout this time around. When we don't have good turnout in Kansas City, that means that all these kind of petition efforts and others to get on the ballot need very few signatures to do it. And so we hope a lot of people have to make their voices heard so we can, um, you know, have a, a better and stronger Kansas City. And also, you know, so people's voices can be heard through their elected representatives. That's right. That's right. That's so true. Uh, it's crazy to me because over in Kansas, they uh, there's their uh, local municipal elections now, for the most part, are going to be held in November, I think, through a state statute. So yeah. they're, uh, they're, they're going to the polls in November, but in Kansas City, Missouri, we'll still be, you know, it used to be in the wintertime. I'm glad it's in the spring now. That helps out with, uh, turnout, I think. And you, yeah. you don't have the reaction, uh, after the midterms or the presidential race where people are, candidates are trying to campaign at the same time as state and, uh, federal candidates, which is just a disaster. People get right, confused exactly. and, and whatnot. So very exciting stuff. Quentin Lucas, councilman, third district here in Kansas City, Missouri. His Twitter handle is at Quentin Lucas KC could talk to him all day. He's one of the 
one of the guys that works really hard for the city and for his constituents and uh, all of Kansas City, Missouri. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, look forward to having you on again. I'm sure there's going to be a tons of issues coming up here in the next year or so in Kansas City, and I'm hopeful that the city does the right thing and our townspeople do the right thing and we move the city forward, which I know you're trying to do each and every day. So we appreciate you coming on the show today, buddy. Hey, delightful to be here. Always great to talk to you, Jason. Thank you, Quinn. Thanks for joining us today on Grill Nation Show. We'll see you again next week. Have a good one. Take care. Yeah.